Hi there. Welcome back to the Real Film Chronicles podcast. As always, I'm Nathan. And I'm Brian. And in this week's exciting episode, we're going to be taking a look at a little film called Cocaine Bear. An oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge in a Georgia forest where a 500-pound black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. Quote-unquote, unintentionally. Yeah. (laughs) This movie was one heck of a ride, man. Like, obviously, like, the the initial trailer or teaser or whatever it was months months ago, I, I think, took the world by storm. Like, some of the imagery... The idea of seeing oh, yeah. like this cocaine fueled giant bear like running down the highway doing all this crazy stuff. It was it was captivating. Everybody was really into it. Like you remember when that came out? Like were you pumped for this film based on that? a hundred percent. Right. Uh, this was exactly the kind of um kind of schlocky B movie premise that I'm all over. Uh when you when you do something like that right, it can be an incredibly fun ride. And the trailers Again, this is an example of effective marketing. You can do effective marketing or how you can do effective marketing. Like whoever cut those trailers together did an amazing job. I think there were already memes about this movie before yeah, it yeah. came out uh, based <laughs> on that trailer. Um, I think there was a lot of positive buzz on this. There was, yeah. When those first trailers started dropping, yeah. And it, it's probably something that we almost need, like a refreshing bit of extraordinary lunacy and like silliness at the theater like it's just just kind of a yeah like a kind of mindless fun kind of escapism escapist kind of story right do you remember this is going back i can't remember cannot remember the year but snakes on a plane that movie was getting a little bit of hype and it was like the idea (laughs) even the title of the movie garnered a whole bunch of attention and you're like yeah sam jackson is gonna be in this with a bunch of snakes on a plane you're like how how can that movie possibly work I watched it. I don't remember if it works. It's been like 20 years, but I feel like it kind of gave rise to this style of movie where everyone could just get on board with going to the theater and checking out like a silly film that's full of craziness and just having a good time. Like it's a different type of enjoyment at the movie theater. Yeah. I mean, Cocaine Bear certainly, um, like Snakes on a Plane, definitely delivers on the promise of its title and premise. Um, Indeed, this is a story about a bear who ingests cocaine, and that is the main uh, driving force for the movie. There's not a lot of depth going on here, and I don't think anyone was really expecting any. No. But do do you kind of feel like maybe some of the hype that you were feeling? I'm speaking for myself here at this point. Maybe the hype got to me a little too much and I walk away from the film just kind of like not disappointed, but a little bewildered as like it wasn't quite what I was expecting. But at the same time, I don't know what I was expecting out of a (laughs) cocaine bear movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's difficult because I think I got really hyped up for this too. Um, Maybe part of, maybe that's part of the challenge too, is if you make a trailer so awesome, like how can the movie possibly... Yeah live up to it then so i think without getting too much into spoilers on our final thoughts yet it didn't quite live up to expectations um there were certainly i certainly enjoyed it yeah it wasn't exactly what i had uh, hoped for or expected so let's start not necessarily at the top but i'm gonna say at the top of my list of questions here 
There's a very specific kind of like dark humor throughout the movie that you would expect going into a movie like this. Uh, this yes. movie is definitely R-rated, which um, I wasn't aware of going into it because something like this could go either way where you want to maximize an audience. But you're also dealing with hard drugs like cocaine. The tone of the film, did the humor tone of the film and like the gore that was present throughout the movie like work for you here? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I wish we had a bit more gore. And then I was actually reading online and apparently in interviews that Elizabeth Banks, Elizabeth Banks actually directed this movie, probably know her best from the Pitch Perfect movies, which she also um, directed slash um, starred in, but she played a, played a role in them. She also directed the Charlie's Angels re-reboot yeah. uh, a couple of years back. She was also in 40-Year-Old Virgin, but she's a prolific actor and director in her own right. Yeah. And she she directed this, and yeah, she was giving interviews. There was a couple scenes in particular, especially like the the weird kind of flashback to the dead hiker at the end, and we'll get into that later. But apparently that was a result of having to tone down, because apparently his death scene was actually filmed, and it was just so brutal that that was one of the scenes that had to get trimmed down Oh, but they had to, they, they had to fit it into the narrative that the hiker was dead, but they couldn't show it. And so there was a weird little editing there at the, at the end that I think you probably picked up on as well. And she explained that's why, because the studio or the, um, MPAA came back and says like, yeah, that's, that's too gruesome, uh, <laughs> a death scene. And they had to cut that out. So I really hope when this comes out on physical media that we get the uncut or unrated version so we can see all the gore because that was part of the the draw for for me especially once it started going once like one of the first early kills there happened and like it was super gory and like right especially like the dude i don't know can i spoil that right now well yeah let's do spoilers for the movie spoiler alert well the one one guy gets shot in the head and his brains get splattered essentially like on the camera like into the audience face almost (laughs) yeah and he's like okay and that was really like super super gory is like okay that's that kind of set the tone for the rest of the movie and and all the kills made sense but like i wish that uh the filmmakers had leaned a little bit more into that if you're going to make like a gore fest make it a gore fest then it was kind of tonally uneven a little bit in terms of not maybe being sure sometimes like the movie knew exactly what it was yeah we got into those dark humor and, and gory scenes, and sometimes the movie like faltered a little bit, or was delving into the character backstories, maybe, or like some of the, I don't know, some scenes just didn't seem to fit. It's, it almost felt like some scenes were from a different version of the movie with a different tone. I liked that the very first kill, like the introduction with the two hikers, uh, yeah, and like the the bear like takes the girl out. Uh, like drags her away and you don't see her being mauled or anything. You don't see any gore except like, I think it's her arm or her leg comes flying over to, to her boyfriend. Her leg gets, you see like the bloody stump. Yeah. And you're like, okay, you know, that's, that's what it is. And it's not really until that scene a little later on where the guy gets shot in the head, that you're like, (laughs) Oh, Oh, we're going like farther in. And I do like that. It didn't. Oh, it's that kind of movie. I did like that. It started out, like a little t- more tame if it like built up to that because that moment was truly shocking. It was also the signifier of these characters are like, they're not going to be realistic characters, right? And you're like, they're all like kind of caricatures. Yeah. Yeah. Like this ranger, like she knows 
she shouldn't be firing the gun when this guy is standing like pretty close. Like she could miss and shoot him in the head, which is exactly what she ended up doing, right? But the rest of the gore throughout the movie definitely worked. And I found myself still being shocked later on, especially the the ambulance highway chase scene <laughs> where it's not the bear like yeah. attacking them. It's the woman falling out like she's on the stretcher, that same ranger who, who killed uh, the, the previous guy earlier. Um, she's on a stretcher strapped down onto this thing and it flies out of the back and lands you know, face down, so to speak, <laughs> and oh, just yeah, the face being shorn off. It was like, shredded. that was really gnarly and very Margo, shocking. Margot Mar- Martindale is the actor who uh, who played that park ranger. There you go. Which you'll, you'll recognize she was in, she's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah, there was a, f- a few familiar faces here, not least of which is Carrie Russell, of course, looking as incredible as ever here. Who else was in here? Well, I mean, we have to talk about Reed Liotta for a moment because this is his last yeah. uh, starring role in a film. Well, I think there's another, I don't know if there's film before or after, but there's another one he was working on, I think, that's still going to be released. But yeah, this is either his last or penultimate film, which is kind of, yeah, sad. He was he was only like in his early 60s, I think, when he when he passed a couple of years back or was it last year or the year before? Uh, I think it was April 2022 or so. Well, last year, yeah. The actor who played uh, Solo in the uh, Solo film. Uh, the All Han of them Come on. Yeah, so he's playing like Ray Liotta's son in the film, which can you we, don't know yeah, at can first. Can we talk about yeah. that casting, though? Like when you see them side by side, I don't partially it's the makeup and partially it's the casting, yeah. but like he looked like he could be Ray Liotta's son. It was <laughs> right? like, really, really well done, yeah. It sort of made sense. Uh, it was a nice little reveal towards the end of the film there, I guess. It was kind of neat. Well, it was revealed pretty early on. Was it? I just missed that, I guess. Uh, I was, I was yeah, too busy with my plot popcorn. Point. <laughs> that was a key plot point to the whole movie, dude. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, you know, I'm not going to pay 100% attention to the movie. Did you yet. even watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm just fumbling my own. I just, I just watched the trailers. I Guys, figured that's the whole story. <laughs> yeah, I figured I got most of it. This is what I usually do for the podcast. Dude. I've been tricking you for like... 50 or some odd episodes already, just reads so. the uh, Cole's notes yeah <laughs> well you it's amazing how far Wikipedia will take you through through a movie's journey which again that was a great everybody got a laugh at that intro of like the bare facts beginning and then it came up like source Wikipedia and yeah, the whole yeah. theater laughed that kind of set the tone I think for the kind of movie you were watching as well so you went to see this at the theater right I did yeah and for the most part I think I went in there were a couple kids who were uh, I'm usually pretty permissive letting my kids watch stuff, but I came in um, knowing like this is going to be like an R-rated flick. Did you bring your kids with you? No, no, they were okay. They were that's why I was able to get out. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't running around taking anybody to any uh, activities or anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I went out to see this movie, but then like my family got back, they were visiting some relatives, and they were, like I told them I would see this. Like, well, we wanted to go see that together. You you ruined it now. I was like, oh, okay. way to go, Dad. Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> Dad, really, but like, yeah, it was. Uh, people were laughing. I think I was laughing a little bit more than um, some of the other people in the audience in a different, uh, slightly different scenes. Probably my own twisted sense of humor. <laughs> but uh, as soon as that, like that, that Wikipedia, like a oh, source yeah. Wikipedia came out, everybody kind of laughed. It's almost like okay, there was almost like a shift in like the vibe in the room. It's like okay, we know now. We know what kind of movie 
we're getting into now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's like if you're gonna have like some opening words on the screen, that's the that's an appropriate one to put on there. It's a nice joke. That was really well done. I like that because honestly, like one of the questions I wrote down: How do you deal with a black bear? Right? And we've talked before. In a- it depends if you're actually asking the question. Depends if it's a black bear. If you're like dealing with a black bear that's dealt with human beings before, like if you're in a maybe a more southern area where black bears and people interact a lot more, then you make yourself as big as possible. You make a lot of noise. You can usually scare them off, right? But in talking to some friends who work for the Ministry of Natural Resources and who work like up north in more remote environments where bears do not interact a lot with people, mm-hmm. those same tactics aren't going to work as well because they don't know people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They just see you, you're just another bag of meat to them. <laughs> bag of meat. Lovely. So like, you're not going to be able to scare them off the same way you are. Like the more, it's weird to say like the bears like down further south or near like populated areas are more like socialized or they, they've come into contact with human beings. So they're kind of knows like, oh yeah, these guys, they might be carrying one of those boomsticks. So we got to gotta get out of here. <laughs> the but up north in more, remote, in more remote environments, dealing with animals that don't interact with humans on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. Do not engage. Do not get up close to them. Uh, you want to back away slowly and hope that it's not a mother and her cubs. Essentially keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. That's always the concern. And do not, tur- they were right about like any animal, any wild animal, you never turn and run. I was reading about this. Apparently that for like predators, especially like large predators, like bears, lions and tigers and bears. Oh my, um, it essentially triggers like their predator response, right? If you turn and run, it's yeah, like yeah. in their, in their mind is like, Oh, if you're running away from me, that means you're prey. That means, well, I'm going to hunt you now. Right. So you, it's usually never a good idea to turn and run, whether it's a mountain lion or whether it's a black bear, do not run. I know it's like a weird first in, it's a weird counterintuitive thing, right? But you don't run as your first instinct. Honestly, whenever I see a jogger or somebody running down the street, that's my first instinct is just to start running after them. So yeah, right. I, yeah, I can really sympathize with the animals on this one. <laughs> but the bear itself, and I mean, uh, these hikers and, and nature folk, people out in the wild, they see the bear and they all have like slightly different ideas of what you're supposed to do for a bear, yeah, like it's remain amazing. calm, play dead turn and run, whatever, like don't turn and run. But it's like, once they see the bear notice from, it's like, there's something going on in that bear's eyes. And like the look, like it's doing things. The bear is charging at them full tilt. Like it is, it's really intimidating. It's, it's pretty scary. The, the idea of a 500 pound bear who's like unhinged coming at you. It's wild. It's terrifying. They make it pretty clear that this is not how bears behave normally, that the bear is acting erratically because of the cocaine, because real bears do not act like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, and the playing dead thing too, I've heard because bears are not um, typically, they're not scavengers. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So they don't, they don't like, they're not like vultures. Like if they see the prey that's already dead, they typically won't eat it. So that's the whole reasoning behind playing dead as like a last resort. I, I, I wouldn't do that personally. Uh, <laughs> usually I finally, yeah. You poke someone in the eye or something, and they'll they'll back off. But uh, I don't, I've never been in a bear attack, so I don't know. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, if you're playing dead, 
I mean, as a human, I'm going to poke you with a stick to see if you're alive. A bear is going to poke you with a, you know, a nine inch uh, claw coming out of its one paw. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it's going to do some that, damage that, uh, anyway. That semester at uh, community college and acting is going to really pay off. Might save your life. <laughs> what did you think of the bear effects? Because throughout the entire movie, they, they don't try and scoot around it. This is a CGI bear from start to finish. There's no shots of real bears, I don't think, unless they fooled me. Um, yeah, listen, I mean, I understand completely now. We've talked about, we had an episode on The Edge. Which may or about. may not have come out by now. <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, this may be, yeah, we may be telling the future here a little bit. Um, but we talked about Bart the Bear, you know, rest in peace. And there was an age in Hollywood where they used bear actors or they used animal actors for a lot of those wild animals. And I understand today, like the ethics of why they can't and don't use wild animals, like using domesticated animals in your movies, like dogs and cats and, and parakeets and horses. Like that, that makes sense. They like, that's thousands of years of domestication. You know, these are not wild animals, but using like a bear or a wild cat or something, or as note pointed out, uh, a primate or a gorilla or a chimpanzee or yeah. something. I understand the ethics, both for the animal's sake and for the safety of the people, why they can't use a real bear. I resign myself mentally to the fact that we're never going to see a real bear on screen. And like, I had to kind of like consciously expand my willing suspension of disbelief to acknowledge like, yeah, the bear, the CGI for the most part was really good. If we were, if we were kids, we were, we would be blown away by this. There is an uncanny valley. It's not a hundred percent perfect. Like the, I think the bear and the revenant is probably the closest we've come to, uh, you know, photorealistic bears on screen, but the bear for the most part, it looked perfectly fine. And I think they were smart in some of the filming um, or the filming of some of the scenes, like that ambulance scene where you don't actually see a lot of the bear attacking. You see a lot of the aftermath. Yeah. And I think that scene was filmed really smartly around the limitations. It reminds me a little bit of how in Jaws, the uh, robotic shark wasn't working properly. So they had to change and they didn't film a lot of the shark. They had to film around it and film like the carnage afterwards. And I think that worked when they did that, it really worked to the film's advantage when there were long scenes involving the bear, some of that CGI really started to show through a little bit more. I think it was almost uh, becomes a stylistic choice to have a bear like sure. this yeah. being so disconnected and shows like one of your previous points that like this is completely unnatural bear behavior. So to have it look a little more CGI and like not spend all the time and to be fair, like the Revenant had like a very focused scene on the attack. And it was, it was like, a single scene. Yeah. Right. It's like, this has <laughs> to look perfect, movie. <laughs> very realistic, very different tonal. Of film. Uh, I think a, a lot less budget than the Revenant. I, I, yeah. I think, well, the budget on this uh, was hovering around 30 to $35 million. And <laughs> yeah. I think what they got out of it was a lot of bear scenes and like, it's interacting with the environment and people very well. And like you said, with its horror roots and the gore, like it, they can play into things happening off screen and you see the after effects and it's like even more effective in seeing the bear actually do stuff. There's a few very quick shots like the bear reaching through the, the door window or the window of the door and like yeah. just tearing the dude's face off. It's like completely CGI. Everybody It's like, yeah, that's that, that sort of thing. It plays out really well in CGI world. Yeah. I think there's a, 
I think there's a better balance to find between CGI and practical effects. I think this isn't the fault of this, this particular film. It's more like an industry wide thing. Then you go and see something like, uh, what's a recent one, like Deadstream or something, where it's like all practical effects. Yeah. Vulcan practical effects. It's like, okay. And there's, some, there's something visceral about the, the practical effects that you just don't get from the CGI. So it's a matter of, I think, the industry in general finding that balance, right? Without a doubt. The characters in this film, I think, are maybe... It's one of the strengths and one of the weaknesses for me because the movie... It was kind of weird. I thought the kids were going to play more into it, but they kind of disappeared for, like, felt like half the movie. And, like, the kids and the the one girl's mother, Carrie Russell, and it's just like the kids are skipping school, going into the, the forest, where are the cocaine bear is. They don't know there's a cocaine bear out there, of course. And the daughter gets dragged away. And so they spend the movie trying to go find her, and it was just like... I don't know, but I mean, this bear has eviscerated everybody else. I guess the idea is that the bear was uh, bringing food back to the cubs who were also cubs. on cocaine. Yeah. But they were like a different style of high, and they were all like gentle and stuff, I guess. <laughs> yeah, there, that was like, kind of like rolled my eyes. I was like, oh, it killed everyone else. It killed immediately. And then the little girl, the protagonist, carried off. But that's kind of like, okay. It's a standard kind of horror movie trope yeah. where the the main characters don't have, they have like the, the plot armor, um, but yeah, and I think in the, uh, because the kids and Kara Russell were like when they were on screen they were so good, yeah, I think they were they were featured a lot more heavily in the trailer where this is really a more kind of ensemble cast. It felt almost more like a, a Smoke and Aces kind of movie or Bullet Train kind of movie where it's like all these kind of crazy stories intersecting with each other yeah kind of what they're going it kind of worked and it kind of didn't because they like continuously they're bringing in like new characters for like the first 45 minutes of the, of the show yeah and essentially they're introducing fodder for the bear essentially because you have to have some yeah. some victims yeah but like uh the two gangsters there alden ehrenreich and oh, who's the other dude o'shea jackson jr like they're i wish we'd gotten a bit more of their backstory because that was kind of a nice little touch to see them kind of evolving their relationship evolving through the movie it was weird because we got a lot of backstory but it wasn't quite enough backstory that's i think this is one of the issues i had when i'm talking about like the tonality of the film where sometimes the film seemed really interested in the backstories of these characters Mm -hmm. i was like okay if you're gonna do that then give me the backstory instead of just hinting at stuff like they stop and they mention like, oh, we were playing a game of 20 questions. Instead of just saying that you did that, just like show that back and forth playing that game, right? And then the, the cop's backstory was kind of kind of weak. Um, and then the one other cop who was revealed to be like a, an informant for the gangster and the traitor. I mean, that really didn't add a whole lot. I don't know if they cut some of her backstory or something. Or if they cut some of the story, that kind of came out of nowhere and didn't really affect the plot too much. So yeah, it was kind of a weird cut. Either you go full force into making this about the human characters, or you just like, it felt like they were, at certain points they were caricatures, and then sometimes you felt like, oh, they're trying to make them into real, relatable people. But you can't do both, essentially, right? Like, you, you gotta go, like, 
I hate to keep coming back to this, but it is only because it's a perfect film and a perfect trilogy, but the evil dead trilogy (laughs) where like the backstory you get for Ash is very, very minimal, right? It's like you set up enough. It was like, this guy is kind of a coward, but he can fight when he's backed into a corner. You don't need to go into his, all his motivations and backstory. Uh, In fact, to his character's detriment, the more you know about him and the same would have been true here. Like I wish like you don't need to go into the backstory of all these characters or you, or you do it, and that's the focus of the movie, right? It felt like a weird kind of shift in focus or, or shift in tone. I don't know. It didn't quite work for me. I guess, uh, I guess, like my my major issue with the characters is probably just maybe it was my own thoughts on how long or like how much time would be invested with the like the mom and the kids and that like like we said earlier they seem like they're going to be the focus of the film and but we just lose track of them for like 30 to 40 minutes at a time but everybody else coming in was absolutely fine it's like i i kind of enjoyed that they like the detective like he's he has an interest in the case but he's talking about his dog the whole time so it's just like <laughs> is he actually interested in the case here and he he's like spends time and it making sure that the other cop, like his partner, is going to look after the dog while he goes away. And not only did she betray him by being a traitor, like to the police force, but also like he, he trusted her with the dog, right? Like that was his major concern. And yeah, he left the dog in the car and it's like, that is true villainy right there. <laughs> I totally appreciate that this movie is, is a bit of a slasher film in that the victims don't get a lot of backstory, mm-hmm. but they got enough moments. And I think the... I mean, the one arc, or not even an arc, is the son and the the drug lord, the Ray Liotta, and his son always kind of like trying to play against the drug lord aspect. Like maybe like that's going to be, that should be him when he grows up. He's, tra- he's putting himself between the other gangster and his victims of like, you know, you're going to shoot this guy. So he has to stand in between them. And I really liked that element of when like push comes to shove at the very end, it's just like, yeah, the dad throws him the gun and he just doesn't reach out to grab it. He's just like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to resolve this issue with with guns. There's kids here. This is completely inappropriate. Who cares about the cocaine? But then I'm thinking at the end of the film, Ray Liotta's talking about how like the cartels are going to murder everybody involved in this. And it's just like, they walk away from like the son and the gangster walk away from it. It's like, those guys are dead. Like those guys are not going to have a good time because they didn't recover any of the drugs. There was a couple weird things like that where Ray Liotta specifically said is like, oh yeah, like my contacts in Colombia, who I am responsible for, like if they, like if I'm on the line, that means like they're going to come after me and my entire family, which means yeah. my son and my grandson. And that's left kind of unresolved at the end, which is, just fine, I guess. But like, why bring it up? Why create that obvious plot hole or that obvious plot question in the first place? If this is just supposed to be like a fun, lighthearted romp about uh, a bear high in cocaine. It was like weird choices like that. And another example of like kind of a weird kind of tonal shifts where they have like, there's a gang of three teenagers there, Mm -hmm. um, two of whom get killed. And one is, you know, captured by the two gangsters there and is taking them to where the, cause the kids found the cocaine and they hit it cause they were going to presumably, you know, get high and sell some of it themselves. And he's talking about his plans for the future and it cuts to him, a shot of him and his two dead friends. And it shows that they're dead and they're all mutilated. Yeah. He doesn't know it yet, but it's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, 
take this money and we're going to like make a life for ourselves. It was like a, a darkly kind of humorous cutaway gag, but it was like, it was the only one in the movie. And like, why? Like it felt like that was the kind of, those kind of unique shots. Like if you're going to do that, then you think of other shots like that or other yeah. cutaways or other gags like that. It's like, that was a really effective gag, but it just like, it was glaring. It stood out from the rest of the movie. Cause like the rest of the movie was shot pretty conventionally. Yeah. But then there was point. like random cutouts like that. And that's what I mean by like, in terms of maybe that's not tone, but maybe that's like just editing or, or filming style. Like why, why do that one time? Uh, why not have like a unique more unique vision. I w- yeah, I really wish there would have been more kind of playful cinematography or playful editing or playful kind of scene setups like that. Like really the film was like being pushed through based on like the concept of the main star being the cocaine bear, the main concept, right? It was yeah. just like a lot of the other stuff. Like just having this coked out bear will be enough to like keep audiences like entertained. For the most part, it was. I like the twist as like, oh, she was a, the bear is almost a victim of this too. Or like, yeah. there's some sympathy for like, oh yeah, she's a mother and her cubs. She didn't, she didn't start out like this was human intervention that got the turn that created this monster, right? Yeah, um, it's that was true. kind of a nice twist. Somebody online, a couple of people had posted posted online too. Another kind of thread that was almost dropped was like when the kids found the cocaine. <laughs> And again, this is an R-rated film. This is great. I thought this was great. It was like the kids actually is like, oh, like the one kid's boasting about how he does cocaine. It's like, yeah. And then they dare each other and they both take a big mouthful of cocaine. Like the whole audience, like we don't, I don't know if everybody in the audience, and I'm certainly no expert on cocaine, but I know like ingesting an amount that size, it's like the whole audience is like holding their breath. It's like, oh fuck, like they're going to, yeah. <laughs> they're going to like kill themselves or get high. And you see a little bit of that, but people were saying online, it's like, if you're going to show the kids doing cocaine, like show the after effects where they're like, they're tweaking or they're yeah. hallucinating or something, or they're like freaking out. There was some, some of it where like the kid was like, Oh, my throat's really dry. It's like, I can't, I can't swallow or something like that. Right. If you're going to do the setup of like, you know, that, if it's that kind of movie where you have like these preteen kids eating a spoonful of cocaine, like show the after effects of that, then like go, go full into that. I felt like, they didn't fully commit to some of these gags or some of these ideas or some of these scenes. Right. No, I think that's the thing. Like it was a lack of commitment. It was like, they would go to a certain, go to a certain point. It's like, Oh, it's gonna be super gory. And we're going to show kids doing cocaine, but then pull it back. It's like, not that gory. And yeah, they're not, they're not, we're not gonna really face the consequences of them doing cocaine. It's like for a movie like this, I think you need to go like 110% in. Right. <laughs> Honestly, I was really shocked that the kids, had spoonfuls of cocaine like that, but also really shocked. <laughs> Amazing. Like I was after the first kid does it, like they, they have a big knife and they're doing that. Like they're putting it. I was like, no, 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 kids, why are you putting a big knife into your mouth? No, I'm not concerned about the cocaine. I'm concerned they're <laughs> going to cut the inside of their mouths because they're using it like a spoon. But I was like, I was really curious. I, th- there was some tension for me lead up into that scene where it's just like, are they actually going to show these like 12 year old kids doing this drug? And I mean, they did. I was like, I thought that was great. Not great in, in terms yeah. of like showing kids doing. It was a silly movie. The kids were being, being like these are caricatures. Show the after effects. Show them like stumbling around and and like show them like oh I'm seeing all kinds of stuff. And I was like oh there's a bear behind. It's like yeah sure there's a bear behind me right. Yeah. <laughs> Play that out longer or when they find yeah. him up in the tree and he's like I'm haven't show him like tweaking out or something right like show some kind of play into that gag. Like that's, I think that's part of the, part of the, one of the drawbacks of the film was like, 
you got a bunch of setups, but you didn't have enough payoffs. There weren't an equal number of payoffs to the setups that were in the movie. Sure. And that was where it was lacking a little bit for me. Um, maybe we'll get some unrated extended cut down the road because that's always kind of a thing with uh, like R-rated movies is that, you know, there's still many things left on the cutting room floor, either through censorship or, or time because yep. this movie runs at a pretty brisk 95 minutes. Yeah, the pacing was good. It was like, okay, there was they told exactly what they needed to tell. Yeah. And then there was a couple kind of denouement moments in the uh, in the trailer, in the well, trailer, but in the credits I really yeah. liked. Yeah. It was kind of a nice touch. The actors were all, I think they all knew exactly what kind of movie they were in. Yeah. And it showed. It was it was pretty great. Yeah. No, it was a pretty cohesive thing by the end of it. Like, I'm I'm entertained. Oh, yeah. Like, if I'm using the phone check uh, as a balance for, like, if a movie is going to hold me or not, it's like, I'm not checking my phone throughout this movie. It It, it is no. there throughout the whole thing, but it's like, man, it was pretty solid throughout. And it was really good at building suspense in... Not through the whole thing. It fell down a couple of times, but there were certain scenes where I was like, I was literally like, no, they're not going to do that. They're not going to show this, are they? Like these people are, aren't going to get yeah. eaten, are they? And like, it, it did keep me on the edge of my seats in several scenes where I was like, what are they, what are they doing here? What's going to happen? Are, are they doing what I think they're doing? And sometimes they did and sometimes they didn't. But yeah. there were some really good scenes where they were building that tension. And I was, I was invested in the characters. I was invested in the, in the, oh, story, yeah. in the, for as, as as light as the story is, I was, I was invested in. Yeah, I was invested in the plight of the cocaine bear after they revealed like kind of, oh, she's a mother with her cubs, and you realize like, oh yeah, like we were the ones like human beings got her hooked on cocaine. Yeah, this is our. He's a victim in all this as well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was actually yeah. It's a, listen, it was a really good time. I had a really fun time watching this movie. Also, um, one of. Ray Liotta's final performances on screen, him getting disemboweled and eaten by a bear yeah, yeah. or cubs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was a a weird send off. That's a way but, to go uh, for sure. I, yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't. I don't know. I never knew Ray Liotta personally, but uh, you know, if that were my final scene in a movie, I'm like, you know what? I that's pretty. That's pretty kind of. That's pretty cool. I yeah, can, that I was a that. pretty gnarly scene. I mean, there's so much gnarly scenes here, like the deaths. So, like one of my favorites is like the nature loving guy who oh. <laughs> is supposedly like a bit of an expert and he's just like he immediately starts climbing the tree and it's just like, you just told me bears can <laughs> climb trees. This is a dumb idea. He's like, I know, I know, but it's just like, let's go higher. And you're like, it doesn't matter. The bear's going to get up there regardless. And it, it gets up there. I, it was pretty gnarly. Like his, his whole death scene, all of them were just so brutal. And I liked that the movie, for the most part, was like taking place during the day too. Everything was quite visible and like yeah. vibrant in colors. Like there wasn't a lot of, like I was kind of approaching it halfway through like a slasher film, and I'm yes. like, oh, everything is out there and and in plain sight, and it's like the CGI stuff doesn't bother me at all. Like I think we get to see more interesting angles on scenes because of that. And um, I'm yeah. watching a movie about a cocaine bear, and it's just like everything is is groovy. Props to Elizabeth Banks and uh, the cinematographer, uh, the whole cinematography department. Like everything was well lit, even the final scenes, which take place at night. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I could see everything clearly, what was going yeah, on, yeah. even though it was shot at night. There are ways to light nighttime scenes where you can still see what's going on, and Cocaine Bear somehow is better at lighting than some 
big hundred million dollar blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't need a lot of money. You just need a competent crew who knows how to light a scene. Like you said, I love the vast majority of this film takes place in broad daylight. You can see every, you see all the actors acting. You can see all the special effects that they paid undoubtedly a lot of money for. Yeah. You, you paid all that money. I want to see that stuff, man. Let's, let's see these actors act. Let's see that um, CGI bear get out there and uh, rip people's faces off. That's what I wanted to see. This is, that's exactly what I paid to see this movie for. Are we ready for a, a rating on that? Because I kind of feel like that was a nice little summary of, of your overall thoughts on the film. Like, what are you giving this thing out of five stars? Plus a potential heart, <laughs> a special like bonus on top. If, if Yeah. Well, I think we've seen our first true uh, Oscar contender for 2024. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, which Oscar is that? <laughs> Everyone, just give it yeah, all, all the of Oscars. Them. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I gave it a three and a half out of five. It was a little bit, again, maybe it was like the hype was just from the trailers and the advertising. It was so built up. Yeah, yeah. That like, three and a half isn't terrible. So I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to justify oh, uh, it. Yeah. But I was expecting it to be maybe closer to like uh you know smoke and aces or bullet train level kind of entertainment didn't quite get there but it was listen i had an enjoyable time i was with a a smaller uh, audience in the theater but people around me were laughing i was laughing it was a pretty good vibe uh we were everybody kind of i think everyone who was there knew exactly what kind of movie they were getting into yeah yeah it was a it was a really fun ride, and uh, it's one I'm hoping to, to take again when this thing comes out on physical media. How about you, Brian? What did you uh, rate this thing overall? Yeah, so my initial thought was like three stars, but I was like, I need to give this three point two five stars, and <laughs> you know you can't do that on Letterbox, so it'll probably just get rounded up to three and a half because I did really enjoy myself throughout the movie. I did think it was funny. I yeah. loved. I, I was kind of surprised by the amount of gore in it, honestly, but. I was like quite Pleasantly pleased surprised. with it. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, the whole thing was good. I didn't uh, get a chance to see it in theater. Like it hit video on demand pretty soon afterwards. And it was just yeah. like, well, I'm going to save some money here. And like, there's a bunch of other movies I need to see in theaters. Like, you know, in my old age, I got to start pe- pinching those pennies, you know? And uh, <laughs> I saw this at home, but it's just like, this would be a great theater movie uh, to see with the right crowd. Yeah. It was kind of nice. It was my first, uh, my first, movie in theaters of uh 2023 so we're off to we're off to a good start uh, yeah that is a good start thank you elizabeth banks and theatrically like box office wise i mentioned earlier but this movie was 30 to 35 million dollar budget and so far it's doubled that it's made about 70 million dollars in the box office uh, worldwide so it's like it's a pretty decent little success uh, for a film like this well i hope it uh i hope it has uh not not to use a pun but i hope it has some good legs um, it's always nice to see also, I mean, bare legs. I've pointed out, yeah, exactly. Some bare <laughs> legs, but like Elizabeth Banks, female director directing this kind of like horror comedy kind of thing. Um, it was great. I felt good putting my money down on the counter, supporting a uh, female director um, who like, in, I think specifically this genre might be a little bit underrepresented. Like you wouldn't think of, you, you think of like Joe Car- Carnahan or somebody directing a movie like this, right? Yeah. Or you think of your Sam Raimi's directing a movie like this. But I think uh, I'd be excited to see uh, what are the kind of horror comedy movies that uh, Elizabeth Banks uh, wants to direct. Without a doubt. Um, looking forward, yeah. Uh, and uh, Or any any women director. I think women directors in horror are 
maybe I don't know if they're lacking or if they're just not as recognized um, horror comedy. So hopefully we get to see um, some more quality uh, content like this. And a, a few more items to add to uh, to the discussion here. Like we we like to give the I call it like the big three ratings houses: uh, Rotten Tomatoes, IMDb, and Letterbox. Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the critic rating is at sixty eight percent, which um, okay. yeah, that's fresh. The audience rating very similar at about seventy two percent. IMDb gives it this is out of a ten point scale is six point two, and Letterbox is the exact same but on a five point scale is three point one. Okay, so it's everyone's sort of coming in around that. We got to talk about for just a second the real life story that this movie is based on is it was based loosely on a real life account or something right yeah so the only real person like the real character is the initial uh, pilot who dumps all the cocaine out of the airplane this is a real person uh, who (laughs) did this um which was a great scene by the way (laughs) yeah which is pretty great (laughs) movie (laughs) and uh like in the movie version he goes to jump out of the airplane with his parachute hits his head and he's knocked unconscious and then falls to his death Apparently, in the real-life version, his parachute was just faulty, and he fell to his death in much the same manner. Uh, they said three months later from that incident, from finding his body, I guess, they found a black bear dead with 40 opened containers of cocaine around it. <laughs> yeah. The events that occurred when oh, yeah. after the ingestion of the cocaine are completely unknown, and some are theorizing as like the bear without much only live for like three or four minutes. <laughs> yeah. We probably ate a bunch of cocaine and it's like, I don't know if people are aware, but cocaine really messes with your heart and yeah. your heart rhythm. So like that bear probably just suffered a massive heart attack as soon as he ate all that cocaine. Yeah. So he had like 20 seconds of pure ecstasy and just like, yeah, that's a way to go out, which is like, yeah, the, the real story is not that interesting, but like the concept of the cocaine bear, pretty amazing. Yeah. From what I understand, that the real story did get quite a bit of press back in the day. Like that was back in the eighties. Uh, I think we were too young for it, but uh, it sounds everyone like, was doing cocaine, even the even the wildlife, even, yeah, even the wildlife, right? <laughs> <laughs> and you're familiar with the Asylum production company who makes mockbusters, specifically. Like they see a movie, they rip oh, it yeah. off, they they do this other thing, and they are producing a movie coming out in in the summer called Attack of the meth gator. Okay. And <laughs> they're like, okay, of course, like they're going to do something like that. And I'm probably yeah. going to have to check it out because of this, but yeah. it is also based on a true event. I say an a true event because apparently in Tennessee, this is all from Wikipedia, of, of course, because you know, I read the plot <laughs> synopsis. I didn't have you watch learned the movie. nothing from watching yeah. cocaine bear, Brian? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, take this with the, uh, the uh, grain of cocaine, uh, <laughs> Apparently, Tennessee police <laughs> publicly asked people not to flush meth down their toilets, as there's a possibility that wildlife, including alligators, could ingest the drug. So apparently, some other officials came out and you're like, no, 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 that's not really how it works. Like, no alligators are gonna like be methed out on on this drug. But uh, Asylum found that little story, little, little tidbit, and they're running with it. So we're going to see some crazy alligator action in, in uh, probably not in theaters. It'll probably be straight to a video, but uh, you have more drug-fueled animals on the horizon. Yeah. I can't wait for the entire drug plus animal uh, cinematic universe. <laughs> 
Looking at like her- the heroin hippo. Uh. <laughs> I was also thinking of heroin hippo. Oh, man, that's good. <laughs> I was also thinking of uh, a Tom Cruise movie. Um, uh, was it American Made? Where he gets into oh, yeah. flying drugs like across the border and stuff. And it's like they have to dump them every so often. So, yeah, I mean, there's a whole uh, cinematic world of uh, just drugs in the woods. It's pretty gnarly. Drug fueled animal adventures. <laughs> I am 100% on board. I haven't seen a whole lot of asylum stuff. I did, I have to check out obviously Atlantic Rim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. There are some, there's got to be some treasures in there, right? Um, yeah, I think Sharknado is their biggest uh, yeah. hit to date. And they're like, I think there's like five sequels now. Yeah. The latest one involves time travel. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this is one asylum movie I, I, I have to check out. I think we owe it to ourselves as a society to check out this. <sighs> Um, upcoming movie from Asylum and Cocaine Bear. If you haven't seen Cocaine Bear, check it out. You owe it to yourself. It's a nice little palate cleanser. It's just a fun yeah. little escapist horror comedy movie um, where you can just sit there for an hour and a half and just be amused by this completely wacky premise, which is, I think, exactly what I needed right now. Yeah, Exactly what a lot of us need, I think. It's just, just like a nice little fun little distraction. And that's a wrap on another episode. As always, we appreciate you hanging out with us today and taking the time to listen to our podcast. We have a lot of fun putting these together and hope that you get some enjoyment out of them as well. You can find us online over at realfilmchronicles.com where we have not just a repository of podcast episodes, but many of our written reviews as well. If you're up to it, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram as well. All the links should be within the show notes here. So until next time, Take care of yourself and others, and be sure to enjoy your film journey.